roll. We'll see him at 8.05 this morning. At 8.25, Andrew Oliphant's here, and Andrew sent me a bunch of topics to talk about last night, and we're getting all of them except for really going to ask about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods back, Riviera. Uh, at the uh, Genesis out in Los Angeles. What to expect from Tiger coming up should be a, a very interesting four days out in L.A. A lot to get to. College basketball last night, big upset in the ACC, 23rd-ranked NC State. Uh, close loss. Syracuse in the Dome moves to 9-6 and six in the ACC. NC State fell to 10-6. and six. The uh, Syracuse wins 75-72. Two other ranked teams fall last night. 18th-ranked Creighton fell at 24th-ranked Providence in overtime, 94-86. 12th-ranked Kansas State lost to Oklahoma, who's won some good home games this season. 79-65 win there for Oklahoma. 5th-ranked Kansas uh, did take care of Oklahoma State on the road, 87-76. Other ACC action, non-ranked last night, Duke. And Mike Braybowl weeks Notre Dame 68-64. Pittsburgh down Boston College 77-58. In the SEC non-ranked action last night, Vanderbilt went to South Carolina, won 75-64. Gamecocks fall to 9-17 overall, 2-11 in the SEC. Battle of Tigers, Auburn over Missouri 89-56 in Georgia. Gets their sixth SEC win of the year, 65-63 win there. Uh, Clemson tonight at home versus Florida State, 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip from Little John. This is a big one. Florida State enters at 6-9 in the league. Clemson at 10-4. and four. Uh, The uh, Tigers are a 9.5-point favorite against Florida State tonight. Also, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Virginia goes to Louisville. We can talk about uh, NFL news. The Raiders release... David Carr saved him about $40 million there. Two new head coaches in the NFL, both Eagles coordinators, will tell you where they're going and what that could look like as well. Clemson football, we know destination games now for the Clemson schedule. A couple more were announced yesterday. We'll tell you about those coming up. I have the rivals top 250 out for the class of 2024, including several local names and several Clemson, South Carolina, and Georgia targets. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit uh, as well. And Clemson softball moves to seven, and, or sorry, sorry, six and zero oh on the season. They go to Furman last night and beat the Palatins ten to nothing. Um, on the call with Facts and Childers, I get his thoughts about that coming up. A a great um, sports slash television note to tell you about coming up in this uh, in the show as well. So we've got a lot to do here on what I hope. Facts and Children says it's still the best day of the year, as he does every Wednesday producing the show. Good morning, Faction. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's the best day of the week. Obviously, a little sad this week after the Super Bowl loss, but it's what it is. Life goes on. I, I, I want to ask about uh, all of that. I want to ask about Eagles moving forward. What are you going to do with Hurts? What are you going to do about coordinators? I I know you said I, I jobbed you by trolling you and by uh, jinxing you. That was not the case. I didn't know you'd be playing on ice skates. And I know people are giving the Eagles a hard time defensively, but both defenses had no chance when you're playing on that grass. So I, I mark it up as that. The other thing is, didn't know you get a scoop and score because Hertz didn't fumble the ball at all this year, basically once. And... I didn't know you give up the punt return. Um, it was a 
everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. I mean, the Eagles, I will still say, are the better team. That's not even being biased. Uh, you gave up a punt return, a fumble six. You're slipping everywhere and had no sacks after breaking the sack record, and they lost by three. I don't know. I, I really am kind of confused by the media treatment of the Eagles and everybody saying, oh, this was like a fluke season. Like, they lost by three. You would have thought they got blown out the way that the media is trying to cover the team right now. I, I think that some of that is true. I think some of it's hypersensitivity because everybody thinks our team and everybody's picking on our team all the time. That's something I've noticed yeah. about fans. I get that. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. The only unfair thing there that, that we say is, well, I mean, the, the Chiefs weren't slipping. Yeah, the Chiefs were slipping too. And that's part of the reason why the Eagles scored 35 points. Part of the reason why the Eagles were getting four yards of carry on quarterback sneaks. Um, part of the reason why there were two sacks in the entire game. Two really good pass rushing teams combined hit the quarterback a total of seven times in the game. Yeah, everyone that, on the field was slipping on both sides of the ball. Everyone yeah, was slipping. It, it affected coverage. It affected um, the, the pass rush maybe as much as anything. And then finally, maybe the, the biggest surprise of the game is that the Chiefs were able to run the football. Despite not being able to run it for most of the year against a defense that you know, is, is pretty good against the run, not great. But still, the fact of the matter is that you couldn't stop the run because of, the, of that too. Um, and that's why two mobile quarterbacks, mobility wasn't even a factor in the game because of the field. So I'm marking up to a lot of that. I know a lot of people blame your defensive coordinator but I mark it up to that. I mean, it's not like the Chiefs coordinator was great either. Yeah, Spagnola was not his best right. game plan. But, I mean, the Eagles did have the massive advantage roster-wise. They had the massive advantage up front. Like, they, they really had no excuse not to move the ball. Right. I also thought Jalen played phenomenal. There he were, did. There were a couple of throws that he made that I have never seen him make in his career. It was the, the third and 14 against cover two. Looked off the high safety, fired it on the right sideline to Dallas Goddard. That's the best throw he's ever made in his career. It'll go overlooked because it only led to three points. And then, but where I really think the Eagles lost the game was it was second and nine, 24 21. The Eagles were driving after that Goddard catch, and Hertz put a deep ball on Quez Watkins' hands yeah. inside the five, and Quez Watkins dropped it. Yeah. The Eagles ended up having to settle for three. The Chiefs took the lead. And then, controversial take I know, like, I know everybody's going to call me a psycho. It was fourth and two from like the Eagles' own 33. I would have gone for it. And I said that in the moment, and I, and I will stick to it. I would have gone for it. Your defense hadn't gotten a stop all second half. You ended up giving up seven points anyways to make it an eight-point game. But, you know, there were just so many moments in that game where the Eagles had a chance to seize it and win the football game, and they didn't. And yeah. it is what it is. And one thing I will say, uh, a clip was resurfacing of the mic'd up 2017 Super Bowl and obviously, everybody knows the infamous play where Brandon Graham sacked Tom Brady. Uh, Derek Barnett picked up the fumble, and the Eagles ended up icing the game with a field goal. Uh, and before that drive, Jim Schwartz went up to Doug Peterson and say, hey, you know, like, I'm sending everyone. I, say, I think the direct quote was, I'm sending hell at him. I'm either going to get you the ball or you're going to get the ball back with time to go score. And yeah. Doug Peterson said, do it. Jonathan Gannon did the exact opposite. Jalen Hurts had the best drive of his career in the biggest moment possible. The Eagles needed eight points back against the wall. He made countless throw after throw. He made big plays with his legs. They ended up scoring the touchdown, and he heroically went in on that two-point conversion to tie the game at 35. I would have rather the Eagles given up seven points on the first play of the drive. That was the most depressing way I've ever seen my team lose a football game because it was helpless. Uh, the Eagles could not get the ball back, and they didn't get Jalen deserved a fair chance to go down the field and try and at least tie that football game up on a two-minute drill. 
and Jonathan Gannon continued to not adjust. And I know you say the field plays a lot of condition or the field conditions play a big part of why I think the loss on Jonathan Gannon. I, we can talk about it more later when we go through this head coaching cycle, but the Arizona Cardinals should be absolutely ashamed. That's one of the worst hires I've seen in the last five years. I will tell you this. Um, I, in hindsight, I'm surprised we didn't see an onside kick. By one of the teams. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that the I mean the Eagles just didn't adjust. There was no adjustments for the ghost motion that Kansas City was throwing the entire second yeah, half. Yeah, that was tough. You didn't have any sacks through three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, when you couldn't get a stop, you're not sending additional rushers. You're just sitting in this zone, soft zone coverage. Like, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. He's going to pick you apart. You you could have gotten away with it against Cincinnati probably, but because their offensive line is nowhere near how and Kansas City's offensive line played great. I know the the slippage was a part of that, but their offensive line truly did play great and gave Mahomes a lot of time. But there was just no aggression from Jonathan Gannon. It was almost like sitting back and just like, okay, you know, 12-yard play here, 7-yard play there. You know, we're, we're not going to make any adjustments. We're not going to do anything. And the Eagles did not adjust, and they got bit for it. It is what it is. Um, you had one tackle for loss the entire game. Embarrassing. Yeah, that's bad. I'll tell you this, though. I, I felt like the reason I mentioned the onside kick is remember, we didn't see a punt. The punt return that you saw in the second half was the only punt of the second half. It set up a, a five-yard touchdown drive. That That's the only punt of the second half. The last time we saw a punt was was uh, at the end of the first half where, where the, the Chiefs punted. The last time the Eagles punted was – I'm right by saying this – you had, you had the one punt there in the second half. Sorry, you had the three three and out. You punted once there. The other only other time you punted was on the second drive of the game. The point here is that 38-35, that neither team could stop each other, that you had 11-play, 75-yard drive, 8-play, 75-yard drive, 7-play, 42-yard drive, 5-play, 68-yard drive, 7-play, I'm sorry, 12-play, 75-yard drive, 10-play, 75-yard drive, 17-play, 80-yard drive, 9-play, 75-yard drive, 8-play, 75-yard drive, 12-play, 66-yard drive. The point is, these are these are it's low possession but high-scoring games because you can't stop each other. Onside kick. I mean, what, what does it matter if you start at the 20 or if you start at the, at midfield? Both teams are gonna score touchdowns anyway. That's what I that's what I was talking about when it was obviously the punt return by Tony and there was no way to foresee that coming. But I was sitting at my TV yelling, "Go for it!" Yeah. I know it's fourth and two and own thirty. I'm like, "You're gonna give up points anyways. You might as well give up points in five in, in right. two minutes and thirty seconds. You give yourself a fair shake on fourth down. Like roll hurts out. Give him a chance to make a play and you can extend the drive. You're not gonna get a stop. I would have gone for it. Interesting. I really would have gone for it. I know that sounds like you know you're in the Super Bowl fourth quarter on your own third but yeah. I really would have gone for it with, with the trajectory of how the game was going. And, Mickey, if I would have told you before the game that Jalen Hurts would outgain Patrick Mahomes by 100-plus yards through yep. the air, but Kansas City outrushed Philly, you would have probably been like, what are you no, talking about? Like it was, it was the exact opposite of what the expectation was going into the game. Exactly. And the Eagles never adjusted. Like there was, no, there was no adjustment to put additional people in the box. There was no adjustment to try and man up on the outside. Like It's Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the outside, and you're playing soft zone and letting Kelsey run rampant down the middle. I just don't understand. I really do not understand. I'm with you, buddy. I am with you. I know you're frustrated through a lot of that. Hey, uh, segment two, what are we going to do? Going to talk some college basketball. There were a lot of good games last night. Obviously, yeah. you mentioned uh, the uh, 
the Syracuse and NC State game. Did you see like the passive aggressive handshake and then ensuing conversation no. between Bayheim and Keats? I'll send you the tweet after this. Oh. They were, they were like they. There are people on Twitter saying it might have been hostile. There are people who are saying that they they were joking around. To me, it looked like there was some tension there, so I'll get your take on that. And then we'll preview the Clemson-Florida State game tonight, uh, obviously. Some big things coming up. I want to ask you later in the show, you did Clemson softball last night. I did. Um, you did play-by-play for that. I want to ask you your thoughts about this team. This team's ranked sixth in the country in one poll. That's, that team is a juggernaut. <laughs> we'll get to that. I, Clemson is so stacked. It's actually unbelievable. I love it. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on that, on Coach Richmond's team, and, and uh, some thoughts on what they, they look like for sure. Baseball this Friday. Uh, I, I enjoyed listening a little bit of Ben and, and Quark yesterday having the staff on. We had Coach Bakich on yesterday. Man, we are. it's going to be a great, great weekend. Oh, oh just one other quick note. For baseball this weekend, Friday 62, Saturday 56, Sunday 62, we are going to have awesome opening day baseball weekend weather. So great news there. Hey, my friends at Patterson Tax Service, P-A-T-T-X.com, Patax.com, 864-859-8289, 864-859-8289. Let them do your taxes. Go ahead and make your appointment right now. You're going to love it. Patterson Tax Service is going to be there for you. They're going to help you. You just, uh, you're going to get the most unbelievable service imaginable uh, with the the, uh, the staff that knows everything about this tax code, really, truly helping you uh, get the best uh, of your returns, maximize your returns. You're going to get a great, great um um, return there, uh, some great service. I meet some good people. It's the Patterson Tax Service, 864-859-8289, P-A-T-T-A-X.com. We'll take a break. Segment two at Facts and Childress right after this. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Rely on the pros and Mulch for all your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and much more. Choose Mulch. Make your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers! I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment has helped build the upstate for the last 23 years by renting and selling construction equipment. And when it comes to compact equipment, the best in the industry is Takeuchi. The lineup of track skid steer loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments make the choice easy. So come and see why so many choose to buy it or rent it from Bennett and experience the Takeuchi difference in the upstate, western North Carolina, and North Georgia. Opening weekend is finally here as the Clemson Tigers open up their 2023 season in Doug Kingsmore Stadium as they play host to Binghamton. Opening weekend is always a great time, and the Tigers look to kick off the 2023 campaign with some wins. Broadcasts begin Friday at 3.30, Saturday at 1.30, and Sunday at 11.30. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Gary Mahaffey here with Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. First, let me thank all the WCCP listeners for making annual enrollment very special for me and my coworkers this year. Are you turning 65 in 2023? 
If so, you may be pondering your Medicare options. Many people feel like this is not important if they are working on and remaining on their company plan. Even if this is the ultimate outcome, I recommend that you look at all options for meeting your health care needs. If I can assist you in this somewhat confusing process, please call me at 864-307-8484 today. And please remember, my services always come free to you and that I will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that I do not represent a company or specific plan that you're interested in. So again, please call today at 864-307-8484. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Just only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Sark's Greenville Auto Repair is your shop that can repair your vehicle. Our staff has over 30 years of experience and are ASC certified, serving Greenville County since 2015. We specialize in brakes, suspension, wheel alignments, tires, engine diagnostic, and oil changes on all foreign and domestic vehicles. If you need basic maintenance or emergency repair, we can get you back on the road quickly. Located at 1900 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greenville, or call 864-609-0202 for an appointment today. You can visit us online at sarksgreenvilleautorepair.com. Everlawn Clemson offers independent living options like you've never seen before for adults 55 and older. Alleviate the burden of living at home with chef-prepared meals, transportation services, a fitness room, walking proximity to Patrick Square, and much more. No more cooking, cleaning, or upkeep of a traditional home. Luxury independent living that's all-inclusive with no long-term commitments. Now is your time to thrive with Everlawn. Call today for a free tour, 864-760-8968 and online at everlawnliving.com. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. You can absolutely move in a different direction quickly without warning. Where every day is game day. Absolutely love my time with Trail, and um, one of the things that that I love hearing is right, right now. Watch this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this challenge out on our text line. There's somebody out there that's up early this morning and has dealt with Trail in the past, knows Trail or works for Trail. They'll send us a text on our Adams Co. Roofing text line nine eight six. I mean, I should say six five four Roar six five four seven six two seven, and uh, and send me that this morning. See. These successful business people that are up early, that are business owners, um, that are the, the uh, just got done with a workout, whatever. These are the people that trail targets because they're business owners that, that are going to build a building at some point in time, that are business leaders in the upstate, that are that are community leaders, that are on boards of, of uh, school um, building projects or, or on those church um committees, that uh, the building committee. You don't want to be on the church building committee, oh, by the way. But the fact of the matter is this. 
is that Trail is going to have this unbelievable relationship building and this building at the same time. They're going to shepherd you through a process if you're only doing this once. You're going to enjoy that, man. You're going to have a, a great building in place. It's going to be on time and on budget. You're going to absolutely love every bit of this. And, and uh, in the end, when we're talking about a, um, a meticulous process that yields oftentimes so much stress and pressure and, and, uh, and, and higher cost and, and uh, change orders, that just doesn't happen at Trail. See why the better building process is working. Uh, 800-319-7006, dot com. Segment two with Facts and Children's. Segment two, going to be talking some college basketball today, and on the back end, we'll get to Clemson and Florida State and preview what's going on tonight. But, Mickey, I'm going to text you this right now because I forgot to during break. We were talking right. off the uh-huh. air. Look at this little 25-second clip of Kevin Keats and Jim Beheim talking. And also, I'm going to run through some quotes from Kevin Keats last night because, trust me, there would be nothing less in the world I would like to do than defend NC State, especially on air. NC State got a game stolen from them last night. And I mean, this was terrible officiating down the stretch. I think there were five 50-50 calls that went against NC State. Keith said he was very disappointed with the officiating. And he said, I'd just like to have our guys have a legitimate shot to win the game at the end. Unfortunately, things didn't go our way. And then he continued to talk about the refs. He said there were five calls that didn't go their way. And for NC State, this was a big game. And for Syracuse, this was a big game as well. And then he went on to further his comment and say, I just want the players to determine the game. It felt like the refs determined the game, and that is never fair to our guys. I'm watching the clip. You're watching the clip. Is this like friendly bantering, or is there hostility here? Because people seem to be 50-50 on it. Okay. Bayheim smiles the entire time. The two men in the background, everybody's watching. Yeah. There's two men in the background, three men in the background. I'm sorry, there's four in the background. Two are looking at it, and they're smiling. Um, the assistant coach at NC State has no smile on his face. The scorekeeper has no smile on his face. But Bayheim and, and two of the fans are, they think it's cute and funny. They, I mean, they got a smile on their face. They're enjoying it. But Keats looks pissed. Keats does not look happy at all. No, and what what I thought was interesting was the chest pad. Yes. The chest pad is like a passive-aggressive play. It's a Mike Krzyzewski play. It's exactly what it is. Yes. It, that's straight out of the Coach K passive-aggressive. I just took a, a yes. BS loss, so I'm going to be passive-aggressive in the postgame. So, the um, Beheim was not even asked about it after the game. According to the, a tweet that followed this. Well, he would have gone off on a student reporter if he was asked about it. Keats in the postgame said he wished his players decided games. At, at that time, he, he uh, got fired up, stood up for his players, according to a tweet below. Keats said, I wish I could pay the refs the way I pay my players and transfer. That's what you know, that's a tweet. Uh, I mean, that's a text that's only paying players. Anyway, but bottom line is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting follow-up to see. I didn't see the game last night. You said they got jobbed. Um, this the the score did not surprise me. Syracuse always they don't always play well at home. I don't want to pretend like they do, but they always beat somebody at home that they might not should have or save a season. How many times has Syracuse and and they're not they're not getting in right now, but how many times has Syracuse kind of saved themselves late in the season in the dome? It's happened a million times, and also. I would say that Syracuse has a major advantage playing in the Dome. NC State shot 26% from three last night, yeah. 9 of 34. And it seems like the story every time Syracuse wins one of these close grit ACC games is, 
you know, the other team can't throw one in the ocean. And here in the Upcountry Fiber Studios and Easily, we've actually got the highlights running on our TV right now. So this is very conveniently okay. timed. Look at this call right here, Mickey, this and one call. This All was right. called an and one. No, that's a bad call. Yeah. And, and then they go down to the other end and NC State got another foul call. This was also called the foul, which you can very clearly see was hit the ball. Yeah, let's right see Right here. here. Look, ball. Uh, yeah, that wasn't as bad as the end one. No, and then Turquavian Smith chucked from like, yeah, there, and the game was over. Yeah, um, that's not good. But NC State, this was a big game for them for seeding because they just went from probably a team that could have played their way onto the six line, and now they might be in that 8-9 matchup. They might even be in a play-in game. And it seems like Syracuse does this every year where it's like they're mediocre to start out the year, and – you know, they continue to work their way back down the stretch, and then they have a game like this against a ranked opponent at home, and they win it every time. And for some reason, I, I don't know if it's the depth perception in that dome. I don't know how many people have shot in an actual, like, Division One stadium. But what I will say, it's a lot easier going to the Y and knocking down a shot than it is in the depth perception of a stadium. Like, people underrate that factor of it. And with how unorthodox the dome is and how poor teams seem to shoot there— I can't help but think that the dome provides like a, a different layer of depth perception that makes it even more difficult to That's shoot. That's why you need to play more outside basketball. Me? In, in general anybody. or just well, people in general? Everybody. Because the depth outside is different than the depth inside of a gym. Yeah. Anyway, Syracuse is 98th in the country in the net. Yeah, they're not getting in. I don't think they're getting in. It would take a big, big run. With that said... Um, the remaining schedule isn't hard. I mean, their their toughest game. They get Duke at home. Yeah, is Duke at home. All right, they go to Clemson, at Pittsburgh. The, now that's two. That's uh, two tough road games. Yeah, but that's chances to get a little net points there. And then they beat Georgia Tech at home. They'll beat Wake Forest at home. They make a little run in in the ACC tournament. They're kind of in there. Clemson currently seventy seventh. I'm gonna talk about that coming up. Uh, but State was was thirty uh, sixth, I think, going into last night. Yeah, 36 going in last night. But here's the problem with Syracuse. 0-5 in quad one games. That's crazy. Well, they've got a chance to get a quad one win at home against Duke. Yes. Yeah, yeah, coming in. So if they're able to beat Duke at home and they go on the road, and if I'm not mistaken, Pitt might play their way into quad one sometime soon because Pitt has been on fire. Yeah. I mean, they're leading the conference. Uh, Capel's got to be the coach of the year in the ACC, right? Yes. What a job. Uh, he's done an incredible job, and people are going to say, "Oh, we'll use the portal." I don't really care. That program was that program was dead to rights two years ago, and all of a sudden they're looking like a tournament likely team. He, he's really done an incredible job there. Totally agree with that. Tell me about <clears throat> Clemson and Florida State. Florida State has lost five of their last six, and uh, the the surprising part of that is. That almost not everyone, but but almost every one of their games is, is a fairly close game. Um, I, I I don't know what it is. I I just got this these uh, scars from Clemson and Florida State in the past, and with with Miller back, I think that's a tough matchup. Their length, I know they're nowhere near as good as they have been, but matchup wise am I right by being a little concerned tonight Clemson's a nine and a half point favorite you're not concerned about almost a double digit favorite but Florida State's how long they are and with Miller back and maybe it's just me having those I just expect Clemson Florida State like it was down in Tallahassee to be this um this 
defensive struggle. This in uh, that one defensive struggle in Tallahassee, but had this you know physical long game. Yeah, yeah. Athleticism. Can I talk yeah. to you off the ledger a little bit, please, please? So the first thing I did after the Clemson Florida State game was, and I do this for every Clemson men's game, is I go back and watch the tape. Like I watch the game like either later that night or I'll wake up the following morning and I watch the entire game back. I'm in the building over there a good bit too, so I get to talk to some of the staff members about like what's going on or what they're seeing on tape. This was the flukiest shooting performance in the history of basketball uh, down in Tallahassee for Florida State. Uh, this is their number one. It was their season high in three-pointers with 13. Number two, they shot a 43% clip from beyond the arc, which is ridiculous for their stand. Like, and, and a lot of these shots, and you guys can say, well, Clemson's not at a particularly great team defending the three ball. And while that may be true in certain instances, some of the shots that were being made in this game were downright ridiculous. I, I mean... There were shots that were being made by Florida State that Clemson's happy about them taking. I mean, Mills is taking step-back threes from the hash contested and making them. That's a bad shot. That's a, Florida State made a lot of bad shots in Tallahassee. And did they pressure the ball and did they turn Clemson over more than they would have liked to with, with 18? And did they make adjustments as Leonard Hamilton always does because I still think he's a fantastic basketball coach? Yes, they did some really good things in this game. And their roster construction proposes some problems for teams like Clemson who don't have a ton of athleticism because they're going to play five athletic players that are lengthy and that can switch. But with that being said, Clemson's minus nine and a half for a reason tonight. They're the better team. They've proven that over the over the course of this year. And there is just no chance. There, there's no realistic chance that Florida State makes 13 three-pointers again tonight. And Clemson, even with those 18 turnovers, only shot 31% from three in this game. And still but they made 10 up, threes. They still, made it, they still put up 82 points, though. Right. Here's the one of the concerns. In game one... You got rebounded them on the offensive reboard and overall by 11. I mean, Clemson out rebounded Florida State. That never happens, 38-27. And you shot 47% from the field. You made 10 threes, and you still only won at the buzzer. So, now again, that was in Tallahassee. There was a little energy in the building for them there. I, I've got I've to put some faith in Little John tonight. But you can see, and again, maybe I'm thinking that, that somehow, some way, uh, you got to play the 2015 Seminoles rather than 2023 Seminoles, whatever. But the fact is, like, it's it's just always I agree a with difficult you. matchup. I, I agree with you that it's it's uncomfortable to be confident going into a Florida State matchup because of you know their recent successes. But Mickey, their only win in their last six You're games right. is against Louisville. You're right, and they just lost to Pitt at home by eight points, and they lost to Syracuse at home by nine, All and right. they lost to NC State at up at NC State by. Th- I mean, this team is reeling, and, and if you want to look at the points that they've scored in this game, if I'm not mistaken, running through their box score just on first glance right now. Is that Clemson game their highest scoring game of the season? Um, uh, let me let me go through it quickly. I I think that it is. I they have they scored eighty one against Mercer, and they have not scored eighty one plus. They've they got eighty three against Stetson in 80, the opener. Eighty three against Stetson in the opener. A game. No, no, no. They scored seventy four. They lost. No, they got that lost. Game. Yeah, they lost in that game. <laughs> so Clemson is their season high in points outside yeah. of the Notre Dame game, which they scored eighty four. Yeah. So they have scored more than eighty points. Two times all season. Right. Uh, I mean, they had their best now, shooting performance of the season. Now, is it a coincidence that people shoot the ball well against Clemson? I don't think that Clemson is a particularly great three-point defending team. But on the same tangent, 
Clemson does do a good job of getting back in transition generally, and that's where Florida State's going to have to generate offense. I mean, that's what they were doing against Clemson in the first matchup is they were pressuring the ball to try and turn Clemson over because they knew if they could get them running in transition, that's the pace they want to play the game at. Do if you, Clemson can play this game at their pace and not turn the ball over, Florida State has no chance. In a half-court setting, no. Do you answer with more Wiggins and Godfrey to match athleticism and length a little bit? I'll say that I think— And even Dylan Hunter. I think in general— Wiggins and Godfrey should be playing more. I, I, I think that Wiggins specifically, and Godfrey's a guy that his offensive game is still developing. I'm really high on him long-term, but right now what he is is a 12 to 15 minute energy jolt. That's yeah. really physical. He's going to, he's going to foul, which is not always a bad thing. And he's going to rebound. He's probably yeah. the second best rebounder on the team as a true freshman outside of Hunter Tyson. Wiggins is a little bit different in my eyes because I think that Wiggins can provide a lot of value to the team right now. It might be a controversial take. I would consider just starting Chauncey Wiggins. I would consider slotting him in at the three. Moving uh, Tyson to four. Moving Tyson to the, out of the lineup. I, I agree with that. And I think that Shifflin does still have a lot of value to this team and, and, and yes. certain things he can do. In a role. In a role. But I, I think that Wiggins provides more versatility into your starting five. Number one, he's more laterally quick than Ian Shifflin. He can move his feet better. Number two, he's got better size. And number three, he shoots the three ball really well. Also, something to point out, first matchup down in Tallahassee, R.J. Godfrey, eight points, three blocks, four rebounds, and yeah. a steal. Yeah. In 24, I, I think that both of these freshmen... Three of three from the field. Yeah, I think that both of these freshmen can be providing more. Um, I think that we have also seen... Brownell's trust in his guards off the bench decline over these last couple yeah, of games. Dylan Hunter has not played a lot of minutes as of Dylan Hunter and, 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 Beadle and, and Beadle's minutes now, have declined. To be, now, to be fair to the staff, there's a reason for that. They oh, see absolutely. something, they're asking their kids to do something, they're not doing whatever. We don't know that. We're not privy to that. Yeah. All right. When we come back, I got to take a break. When we come back, can, uh, ponder this, oh, young facts on sports. Um, uh, the, Clemson's going to beat Louisville right. on the road. They're going to beat Notre Dame at home. I want to know better chance at winning tonight against Florida State or at home next week against Syracuse. I, I don't have great thoughts about Virginia or NC State on the road or Virginia on the road, but I feel like you have to win both of the Florida State and Syracuse games. Which one's a bigger threat? We'll talk about after a break. All right, we'll do that. Love to hear from you. Oh, by the way, we'll have some open phone lines, 654-ROAR, 654-7627. Adams and Co. Roofing text line, same thing, 654-ROAR, 654 Seven six two seven. Short break. More comes to basketball talk after this. It's bow time with the two for five mix and match of Bojangles. You choose between sausage and egg, country ham, and southern gravy biscuits. But how do you choose two when they're all scratch made? You'll just have to taste two for five bucks and see. It's bow time. It's a new year, and I've got one piece of advice for you. If you're still belly aching about being fat, being tired, and not performing when it counts, you need to get up off that couch and book an appointment at Low Country Mail today. TRT plans start at $220 a month and include testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We offer weight loss plans, peptide plans, and IV therapy. Stop making excuses and take action. Lord knows the world doesn't need any more beta males. Make men men again. LowCountryMail.com. What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864 403 
864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantyconfixit.com. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring, but you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at scoresdiamondjewelers.com and I want to be your jeweler. Carolina Auto Connection, the little dealer with a big heart. Celebrating 14 years serving the upstate. With no haggle pricing and no dealer fees, their customers come from all over the world. They have the lowest prices on the best pre-owned vehicles. Their staff is straightforward and honest. All vehicles are 49-point inspected and serviced, so you can buy with confidence. Carolina Auto Connection, 1434 Boiling Springs Road, just off I-85 Spartanburg. Call 864-814-DEAL for an appointment or carolinaautoconnection.com. Mr. Knickerbocker isn't just a store. It's a lifestyle. Shop 100% collegiate licensed tailgating items, gifts, decals, apparel, pet products, hats, and more. For all Clemson sports all year long. With four locations to serve you, shop Clemson on College Avenue or the Lifestyle Store, Seneca at Hartwell Village, Greenville on Woodruff Road, or online at mrknickerbocker.com. Like and follow on social media for new product launches and more. Mr. Knickerbocker, a Clemson tradition store since 1973. Skeptic about septic? Call the experts, the plumbing experts. Did you know your septic tank should be pumped every three to five years? With their maintenance plan, you don't need to worry. They take care of it. When it comes to septic tanks, prevention through routine maintenance is key. Their plumbers are fully trained, licensed, and qualified to provide the best experience the first time. So whether you need a pump or repair, don't be a skeptic on septic. Call the experts, the plumbing experts. Visit online at theplumbingexperts.com. They won't let you down. Needing to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or wood chipper? Or maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor? McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union, McNeelyStoreandRental.com. Or call Matt for a quote today, 828 Hey, you didn't have to go to college to be a college sports fan. Get all our college football coverage all day, right here. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Touchdown! Where every day is game day. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 
a ton of things to get to here in this segment. I do want to start out by telling you about my friends over at Prime Lending and PrimeLendingSC.com. Uh, getting mortgages, vaccine, you're, you're gonna, you can ask your dad about all this, and you've got a great dad to, to help lead you through this. When you sign mortgages, you look, you look at mortgages, it's a, it's a fairly complicated process. It's a fairly lengthy process, and there's some you can be intimidated by it and all that. And, and it, it's a, a deal that my first one, man, I was like, I was scared to death. With that said, my second and third ones I signed with Prime Lending, it was a different experience because they, they have walked me through, they explained everything, they gave me options. We refinanced, and then later on we remodeled, and it's something I didn't know I would do either, but the, what was presented to me was just a great deal with great rates. Think about it, primelendingsc.com. Mark Hawkins' great team is Prime Lending and primelendingsc.com. Uh, and continuation, the best segment two is when they go into segment threes. Can we agree, facts, that Clemson's going to beat Louisville Saturday night in the Yum Center? Clemson's an 89.7% chance of winning. Louisville's 3-22 and overall and 1-13 in the conference. Clemson will beat Louisville Saturday night. Can we agree upon that? Uh, if Clemson didn't, lo- didn't win, that would be a disaster loss. Can we agree that Clemson at home on senior night is going to beat Notre Dame? 87.5% chance BPI right now. Notre Dame 10 and 16, 2 and 13 in the conference. Can we agree upon that? We can't agree upon that. Then can we agree that the at this point, the NC State game in Raleigh, the Tigers only have a 23.8% chance. That would be an upset. Is that fair? I think that's fair. 23rd ranked NC State. But I, I, what I will say is Clemson has beat NC State this season. Yes. And Clemson has a lot better chance, in my opinion, of winning a noon game at NC State than they do Good a point. 7 p.m. game in <clears throat> Charlottesville against Virginia. All right, because that's my next one. Charlottesville, 13% chance of winning against the number seven team in the country. That's, that's going to be an uphill battle. I'd love to be optimistic, but I think you can chalk that one <clears throat> up as a loss. So with that said, tonight at home, BPI, nine and a half point favorites, BPI, uh, 88% chance of winning. At home against Syracuse coming up on the 22nd of the month, 72.6% chance. BPI says that Syracuse will be a tougher matchup than Florida State. I don't know. And, and look, there's a two completely different teams and two completely different um, schemes and challenges. Do you feel better about Clemson's chances of beating Florida State or Clemson's chances of beating Syracuse? Uh, Florida State by about tenfold. Uh, really? The, the Syracuse team's getting hot right now, Mickey. They they lost three games in a row to North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. All pretty competitive, by the way. And people were pretty much like, yeah, they're dead in the ditch. Like, the season is over for Syracuse. At Boston College, they go up, they get a win in Chestnut Hill. At Florida State, they go down to Tallahassee, they get a win. They come back and defend home court in the Carrier Dome last night against NC State. Did they get the benefit of the doubt from the officials? Absolutely. But a win is a win, and it goes on on the schedule as a win. It does. They're now 16-10 and 10 overall. They're 9-6 and six in the league, and they're doing what every Syracuse team does, it feels like, when you know February and March hits. They're starting to rattle off a little bit of a run. I mean, how many bad regular season Syracuse teams have we seen sneak into the tournament somehow, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're in the Elite Eight? It, it seems like it's an every other year occurrence do i think that this team specifically has that upside no but what i will say is they're rounding into form at the perfect time and they have three weapons that can beat you offensively gerard obviously is continuing his really good uh, string of success in college basketball he's averaging 17 points shooting 38 percent from three 
Mintz. Judah Mintz is a really underrated player. He kind of does everything for this Syracuse team, a pretty efficient scorer as well. And then Jesse Edwards has really started to come on strong lately. He had a monster game last night. He ha- he's averaging a double-double now with 14 and 10. And, you know, they really have a big three offensively. And then the rest of their players are kind of three and D prototypes. And obviously, you know that they're going to sit in that zone. Why I say that they're posed the more difficult matchup for Clemson is because Syracuse is a team where they're going to force you into a lot of what they view as settle shots. Clemson's going to probably shoot 33 pointers against Syracuse. They always do because that's the smart thing to do against that zone is you're going to get open, clean three point looks, but they're going to have to have a good shooting game to beat the orange. I think they could get away with a bad shooting game and still find a way to beat Florida state. If they have a bad shooting game against Syracuse, I think it's going to come down to the wire and also Line's nine and a half against Florida State. I think you see that line a little shorter. I think you see four and a half or five as the line against Syracuse. I, I would agree with that. Maybe six to seven. But, but uh, Syracuse is a better basketball team. I'm, matchup-wise, you're talking about two completely different deals there. Tigers currently at 77 in the net. If we can agree that the end – well, let, let, let's assume for this argument, only for the argument here or the discussion here, that they beat Florida State tonight that they beat Louisville on Saturday, that they beat uh, Syracuse next week, that they fall in Raleigh and they fall in Charlottesville but come back and beat Notre Dame. That would be 22-9 and nine overall. That would be 14-6 and six in the ACC. My guess there would be our uh, net ratings in the 60s-ish, high 50s, low 60s-ish. <clears throat> It's almost as if you don't want to double buy because you want one more win in there in the ACC tournament. That sounds crazy to say. There's some, there's some of the strangest things to say about Clemson basketball right now. One is you want to play a bad team in the conference, so you know rather than getting a buy because a buy means you don't get anything. Well, at least with a win, you get maybe a chance at your 23rd win of the year in, in the tournament. So that's one thing. Oh, by the way, with that, that means what you're watching is Pittsburgh, Virginia, Miami, NC State, Duke, even Wake Forest, maybe even Syracuse as far as teams that could get in that that double buy move. The other thing that's very weird to say in makeup of the roster, facts, and I hosted the show in which when Oliver Purnell was here and it was Sam Perry and James Mays and Cliff Hammonds and, and those guys, that the argument was, man, they don't shoot the ball well. They had great athletes, play great defense, don't shoot the ball very well. They created, you know, offense off of their off their defense. But everybody said, man, I just, I'd, I'd love to shoot free throws better. I'd love to have better shooters. Athletes are great, but, man, I, I want to I win through, through better offense, whatever. Here we are. This Clemson team is extremely skilled shooting basketball team. That Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall and – and Hunter, uh, Chase Hunter, and Galloway, and Hemingway, and and I mean, they, they they can shoot. Your the basketball. key guys can shoot the ball. This this is one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. This team's shooting eighty one percent from the free throw line, and here we are, people clamoring now for more athleticism and more grit on the wings and more more length and more offensive rebounding and more uh, more wing play, more longer, more athletic wing play. It's like, man, it feels weird to say that, right? That we're, we're clamoring for something that is, we always want what you don't have. And few teams have both of those. If you do have both of those, then you're talking about an elite basketball program anyway. 
But it's just feel, it feels weird to think those two things for Clemson basketball right now. A uh, big one tonight in, in Little John. Hey, I want to I want to start the conversation a little bit. You had Clemson softball last night. Indeed. Uh, ESPN Plus game? ESPN Plus, yep. And the Tigers won 10 nothing. Uh, I've not seen them as of yet. Um, tell me about this sixth-ranked softball team and, and just how good or your impression of what you saw. I, w- I mean, I was very impressed with what I saw. Obviously, Clemson, you know, coming into the season, preseason top 10, and softball does two or three different polls. Uh, we had them ranked at number seven on the broadcast yeah. last night. I've seen six in a couple polls, but uh, this team – is living up to the hype. They are as advertised. Valerie Cagle is downright unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I really cannot even say enough. Last night, I'm pretty sure she had seven strikeouts and also had a double and a home run. So just goes to show what she can do to really dominate and take over a game herself. And what I really think is underrated, and, and the point I stressed last night a lot on the broadcast, this is a very, very complete softball team. One through nine can beat you. You have multiple really, really good weapons you can bring off your bench. And then obviously in softball, Mickey, the rules are a little bit different. So you have the designated player and then you have the flex and you can also pinch run for certain positions. So depth is more important in softball than it is in a lot of different sports. And I think that also with the pitching staff that Clemson has established, you have Millie Thompson, you have Valerie Cagle, you have Reagan Spencer. Those are three of the best pitchers in the entire conference. And the fact that you can rotate throughout all of those and you know still have additional depth coming out of your bullpen, still have lineup power that's going to make an impact, this is going to be a very, very good team this year that I think can contend for a national title. Uh, he is building a an absolute powerhouse <laughs> over there. And, and um, I think maybe, the, and it's early in the season, We'll see. But maybe one of the biggest differences that he's building, he has depth. Like, he's got some really, really good players sitting on the bench right now and coming in and pinch-hitting roles. Yeah, and it's like, in, you know, there were a couple points that we made last night on the broadcast that was like, man, like, you know, Clemson bringing player off the bench that started 31 games two years ago and is now rehabbing from an injury, or it's like, you know, blue chip recruit coming out of Georgia who hit 560 for their high school last year, like coming on for their first at bat of the season. It's almost unbelievable. And you can tell there are certain teams in certain sports. And, you know, this isn't just a softball specific thing. You can tell when you see a flash in the pan happening and you can tell and be like, oh, you know, this team is making an elite eight run that we didn't expect because they have four seniors and, you know, they've got all this experience. They've been playing together for so long. What coach Rittman is doing that's so unique he has a team that's contending now, and he's breeding his depth in a way where they're getting valuable at bats at a young age. They're going to be able to contribute when they go to the tournament this year. And, you know, they're going to plug right in as starters in a couple years for these, you know, players that are eventually going to move on and graduate. And he's building his depth and he's building his next generation right in front of our eyes coming off the bench. Well, baseball teams in recent years have been built by hitting a three run home run. If you look at this roster, and I talked to someone yesterday at lunch that went to, to the the orange-purple scrimmage and says, you watch batting practice now, you watch these these teams uh, in, in action now, or this team in action right now, there's a bunch of people capable of hit that three-run home run. A bunch of power up and down this lineup. And um, and, and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to keep up with. Uh, Ohio State and Northwestern both coming to town, four games in three days this weekend. Home. Have you seen the ticket prices? No, what are, the, what are the ticket prices? C-Note. Got 100 bucks to get in. Jeez. I mean, it, put it this way. Clemson softball tickets many times are, are more expensive than Clemson football tickets. Obviously, small venue. Small venue, but the stadium's really, really nice, to yeah, be fair. I, I'm going to look that. Oh, it's really nice. And, and already talk about expansion. 
Mickey, we got to hit a softball game together one day. Let's, let's do, do that, it. Let's do that before the season's over. Let's do it, man. We'll do that for sure. Um, I, when we come back, I'll give you the the uh, StubHub numbers on, on Clemson softball this weekend. Um, and, and baseball as well. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun as far as all that is concerned. Hey, um, my great friends over at the Patterson's Tax Service, get in touch with them. Let them help you out. P-A-T-T-A-X.com, Patex.com, 864-859-8289. Get your appointment, folks. Set it up today. You got to get your taxes done. P-A-T-T-A-X.com. Let them help you out with your taxes. You are going to absolutely love it when you see uh, the uh, the Patterson's Tax Service and what all they do. P-A-T-T-A-X.com. Hey, quick look at uh, 50 bucks for uh, the opening game. You get one ticket in there for 50 bucks. Uh, that's without fees right now. So, hey, good chance to get in. Uh, hour number two when you come back right after this. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Do 